Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and remember, where we go one, we go all. Welcome to the LADCast, and tonight we are talking about conspiracies and the fact that jet fuel can melt steel beams. Vaccines do cause cancer, and the water you drink does make you sterile. The D in Disney stands for devil. The frogs are gay. There are homosexual frogs, although not all of them are. All of this and more on this episode of LADCast. Good times. This is going to be a good episode, boys. I really, really want to talk about conspiracies. I've been saying this for a while. So, and we have the master. We have two masters of conspiracies. We got Dan Pearson and Max Locke. And uh, Nodar, are you a master of conspiracies as well? Besides the D and Disney, I'm a master at making them. You know, oh, he knows, he knows a amount about Pizzagate. Oh, I know Pizzagate. That's not a conspiracy, though. And then there is made the innocent bystander. Yeah, your your resident Texan, your resident Texan. Me? Yes. Hey, D- D- Neil, you're closest to Alex Jones. He's in Austin. Yeah, yeah. It's not like I've ever met the guy. He was in D.C. He was in D.C. this weekend for the ma- the Million Madam yeah, March, which is pretty lit. <laughs> Did anyone watch the coverage for the Million Maga March? No. Dude, it was freaking lit. It was amazing. There were, there were. I think they said there were. A little bit. There were a lot of people there, dude. Yeah, there were over two hundred thousand on day. One. Monica's cousins actually came in and stared at her, stayed at her apartment for the march. For the MAGA march. Yeah, they, they came. In, they drove in from Michigan. Once again, we're off-roading onto politics. Politics is one big conspiracy. Everything connects to uh, George Soros. Okay. Fair. We are, we are fair. not. <laughs> George Soros is connected to a lot of things, but he's not really as powerful as he seems. No, but that's what he wants you to think. Ah. Oh, yeah. We also have a guest. Tonight, we are joined by Andrew Book. Hello, my lads. Hello, sir. Honorary lads for this episode only. Your lad status is not... It's only uh, for this episode. Lowercase so. L. Lowercase L. The lad Luminati. He's got the lad coupon. The, uh, the cash-in once lad coupon. Yes. He's like the um the Walmart branded lads. Um the the lad light. The Kirkland lads. Um, the Kirkland. Yeah, Ooh. yeah. No no offense. Lads. <laughs> what, what is what is your what is your group's name by the way, Andrew? Ah, uh, the bastards. Oh. Ah, good name. Oh, yeah, I see. I see. <laughs> anyway, moving on. What conspiracy should we conspiracy should we start off with? Can we start off by singing the X-Files theme song? I've never watched X Files, so whatever. Sure, go ahead, Nodar. Take it away. Okay, beautiful. Good. Good. Oh, that's what our intro is about to be, right? Let's turn to our our conspiracy theory masters, the ones who have delved. What is a common one that you think? Okay, so Dan and Max. Ironically, Dan is eating pizza right now, so I feel like it behooves us to start talking about Pizzagate. It's pizza made with chicken and hot dogs, which is apparently pedophile terms. Pizzagate is actually something I don't know. You don't know. About, you so don't know all know. these theories. Oh, all the modern ones, QAnon and Pizzagate, all have to basically center around chat center. Like their their focal point at the end of the day is either is between Hillary Clinton, Donald Trump. Cannibalistic pedophiles. Cannibalistic pedophiles. Wait, cannibalistic? That's what news. the hell? 
they they basically what they do a lot of them is apparently they take the adrenochrome from uh the sacrifices that they sacrifice on the altar of uh is it Baal or is it Malak? No, what the hell? What are we doing tonight? <laughs> oh, hey, I mean, God. if you go to Bohemian Grove in California, there's this forest where like a bunch of Bohemian rich Grove. Go. I, I was about to ask, does this tie into Bohemian Grove? Okay, it does. So, so it okay, does. Hold on, hold on. I've got some so, precedent for this at least. So the way I'm figuring this out is it's going to be a whole bunch of basically inside jokes for conspiracy theory nuts, and everyone else is going to be left thinking, what the hell is going on? Dude, there's a lot more cute people than you think. There's a lot of cute people out there. Feel free to ask us to explain something, and we we will. But a lot right, of well, stuff does not need to be explained. Yes, it's it's true. No um, use understanding it. A, a, a lot of conspiracy theories are connected, um, primarily to some concept of a one-world government, where since the dawn of time, essentially, then all the all the the the, the leaders of all these different societies throughout the world have just been shams and fakes and the true power has been held by a small concentrated group of elites who rule from the shadows who dictate the forces of the world max don't spoil our secrets and almost always the the evil cabals are almost always like involved in some sort of heinous rituals like uh, i'll get more into that later but like usually they're always involved in something that just normal you would just never see in real life like there's something sensationalist or absolutely fantastic yes it's so completely the, fantastical. yeah the thing is that um these the who's in this organization varies to some extent there are some constants and but what it's referred to as is also called by different things the global elites um i think alex jones accuses interdimensional demons um if, if you guys, look at metal if you look at metal gear solid 2 then they they call their their the Patriots. The Patriots. Oh my God! It, it 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 all it depends where you look at it. The Illuminati is the probably the the best known term. It's like Father from um, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood or Full Metal Alchemist. I, I would I would say that that's a different I would say that's a different format. Although that would be an interesting discussion topic in and of itself. We should talk oh about Bohemian Grove because Bohemian Grove is like the mother lobe of all conspiracy theories. So no, base 9-11 in the military industrial complex are like one basic But if you want to a lot of conspiracy theories the most basic conspiracy theory. And I think if you understand Bohemian Grove is this place in California, I mean it's a redwood forest that Mark Twain bought. And they would basically go out there and it was one of the places where you just go and do whatever the hell you wanted to do. And this was back in the 1800s. And so a lot of homosexuals would go there because it was one of the places where they could go and not be like legally prosecuted or like the cops would look the other way or the people would look the other way. Like you went to Bohemian Grove, you could do whatever you wanted there. And then when you left, it was like nobody asked you any questions type of area. What it became over time was the Republican Party bought it in like the 1940s. When was it? It was bought. No, it was bought by the Skull and Crossbones in the 1890s. Difference? And the Skull and Crossbones is... It's a club at Yale that basically a bunch of high rollers go to. Like Bush was a part, like both Bushes, I think, were part of the Skull and Crossbones Club. Bill Clinton was part of the Skull and Crossbones Club. It's a club at Yale. And um, over time, more and more powerful people would like go there. So lots of Hollywood execs will go to Bohemian Grove. Lots of Republicans will go to Bohemian Grove. And it ranges everything from it's some weird, crazy ass weekend party that powerful people go to. Too. like there's actually like child sacrifices there 
But the weird part is, is that if you actually watch the videos that come out of there, like the sad part is it doesn't look like a crazy party. Like the stuff looks freaking weird. Like everybody's dressed in white robes. They have these two, they have this giant owl statue that's meant to signify the God Moloch in the middle. And they'll actually have like a, a ceremony where a bunch of people are like ringed around. They're completely silent. And there's like an effigy that's burning in the middle of this fire really weird strange things that people are just like and then you'll yeah. see a bunch of famous people in these pictures and yeah. so i actually fairly well some, documented. Of the, some of the famous names that so uh, there's a website called ohemiangroveexposed.com you can go to it but some of the the names that they say you'll recognize are quote um so presidents Howard Taft, Calvin Coolidge, Herbert Hoover, Dwight Eisenhower, Nixon, Ford, Reagan, Bush Sr. and Jr., uh, most of the Bush administration, you know, st- people like that, um, Schultz, okay. Kissinger, you know, stuff like that. It's it's mm-hmm. the idea, the idea from what from what conspiracy theorists, you know, are are they're trying to push is the idea is that these people go to this place and they in an effort to make everyone vulnerable and accountable to each other so that there's really no type of blackmail that yeah they do weird stuff so they basically what you do is it's kind of like if you join a crime syndicate and they like force you to go out like murder some innocent person and now like they have dirt on you so if you violate their rules they can immediately just turn you in or turn you out or release that information i would like to clarify like how whenever you talk about something could you please at least state how dubious said conspiracy theory is? I don't know. The nature of- like, I don't know. I'm just going to say no, because a lot of the stuff people want to be like, oh, this is less credible. This is more credible. Like, I've heard about Bohemian Grove from a couple of different places. You want to figure it out? Go look it up. Like, it's just right there. Like, All a lot right. of the stuff, too. So here's the thing I guess we're supposed to be going into this. Take everything that you hear on this podcast with a grain of salt. I mean, that's every or, single. That's every single podcast. Or, okay. Just realize that jet fuel can't melt steel beams. Actually, no, it can't melt steel beams. Sorry. <laughs> no, it can't melt steel. So beams. we should go into that. Beams. But we all know that nine eleven was an internal hit job. Hold on, I mean, we we all know may that. Not be able to melt steel beams. Well, what about the chemtrail stuff they keep in those planes? I oh, bet true. Yeah, beams. dude. I have no. Dude, I'm creating no global warming. Okay, so, okay, here, I, I can explain chemtrails. So, basically, you know how the plane flies over in the sky? Like, you can look up, and sometimes you can see, like, the, the, the trail of, like, exhaust fumes coming off of it. And sometimes it's longer. It, I think it's longer in warm weather and shorter in cold weather or something like that. But, um, yeah, no, the real secret behind it is actually what they do is they, is those aren't, those aren't from the exhaust ports or, what, or whatever they claim they're from. What actually happens is they shovel chemicals into there to rain down upon the population. Essentially, it's like a backup version of the fluoride they put in our water because the fluoride's supposed to make us docile and mind controlled. But if that doesn't work, then the chemicals that rain down in the sky from us definitely will. You know what's crazy? So Frank von Hippel, Frank von Hippel, he's a biologist. He was on the Joe Rogan experience. And he was talking with Joe. This guy's not in any way affiliated with any of these ideas. But he was talking about how he thinks that in the 1980s, the reason we saw a crime wave was because in the 1970s, we used leaded gas. 
and the leaded gas decreased cognitive function and increased impulsivity to the point that you actually saw a major crime wave across the United States. So the idea of chemtrails being like they're dispersing chemicals throughout the population that are affecting our behavior significantly isn't actually crazy at all. Like there are actual, not stupid, not crazy people who don't even like people who haven't even heard of the stuff we're talking about. You say different things that can corroborate with similar ideas. So one of the things I noticed, especially with the QAnon types, one of the things that QAnon people are really good about knowing is about how much bullshit was involved in the Trump-Russia investigation. That investigation was almost completely made out of thin air. No, it was completely made out of thin air. The most they got out of it was this one company called like GRU Directive or something like that. And all these guys were patrol farms on Facebook. I mean, they were they were so minute in this field. And these guys understand that whole aspect well. Another thing they understand well is how the CIA and the FBI and the military perpetuate themselves. CIA is always creating scares and always creating some way of increasing surveillance and increasing the reasons behind surveillance. The FBI, same kind of deal. Military, always trying to find some way to get itself involved in different wars or trying to increase its budget in some way. And so they catch a lot of pork a lot of corruption and a lot of self-serving bureaucracies, which in themselves aren't crazy. But then what happens is, is basically when you take the red pill, you go down the rabbit hole. And once you go down the rabbit hole, you begin to kind of lose between, you realize how much corruption exists in the system and then your brain explodes. Your brain just okay. explodes. Let me, let me. What happens is you see a conspiracy theory and you really don't believe any sort of mainstream news because your, your brain is trained to believe that the news is inherently wrong and it's always false. And so what happens is like if, if you look at, you know, stories like uh, when Alex Jones was talking about well, who were the kids? Oh, the kids in Sandy Hook. He had um, followers who would show up at these kids houses and they would like knock on the door and yell at the parents saying, oh, you, your kids were actors. They're shipped away somewhere to different islands. Yeah. Um, you, you know, that that's a that, that's especially a um, tough topic for me because my aunt actually worked at Sandy Hook like eight or nine months be- before that went down. She left to go discern a religious vocation. Oh, and wow. so she wasn't there when it, it all happened. And so she, she, she knew these families, she knew these kids, she knew these teachers. And so it was, it was especially, um, hard to, to, um, to hear that it could hear be these kinds of accusations being leveled. Yeah. So one question I have is someone who knows nothing about any of this stuff. What are we doing on this podcast? Are we hey, saying, Hey, look at these crazy conspiracy theories. Are we sorting through the truth and the, we're proving that they're true. We're we are proving just, that I, they're all true. I think we're talking about we're the more proving. Dude, the thing about Q is how ridiculous yet simultaneously accurate it is in some ways. Like, imagine if four years ago someone told you there was a guy who had Bill Clinton on his plane 26 times, who was connected with the royal family of England, who owned a hedge fund that he didn't know how to manage, who was a friend of many high-level, high-ranking Democrats was a friend of someone who almost got elected to the presidency of the United States, who had a secret island and nobody talked about, where and children not were shipped himself. to. And he ends up being exposed. 
two years into the presidency of a man whom nobody likes and then ends up mysteriously dying. And then everybody figures out this guy was a pedophile. He committed had, suicide. Like, the thing is, is Jeffrey Epstein is insane. It's a crazy story. Yeah. And it's like, you can't blame these people for all of a sudden wondering, how did this guy escape? There was, what was this guy's name? He was the um, head RNC. He was the majority whip in the Senate. What was this guy's name? It was Bill something. He was a convicted pedophile. Like, this dude oh, I know went to prison about. for touching kids. And, like, the, the Democrats never talk about him. He's never, ever, ever brought up on the Senate floor. Like, it's such a mark of shame. It's like, this guy was a Republican. So the Democrats were so ashamed of Republicans, why did they never bring this guy up? And it's those sorts of questions and those sorts of things which are left unanswered, which breed conspiracy theories. Like, simple fact of the matter is, is so often there are these questions that are just left hanging in the air. They're not answered. They're not like they're not considered as serious questions almost. So, and that's where that's, I see a lot of conspiracies grow from is legitimate concern. So you might have just answered the question, but I want to pose it to the rest of the group and get everyone else in it. Where do conspiracy theories come from? Like, where do we get them? And I think you sort of started answering that. Ironically, yeah. ironically, people believe that a conspiracy the the term conspiracy theories was created by the CIA to create confusion about truth or projects that they were doing. So a lot of people believe the conspiracy theory that the CIA created the term conspiracy theory. This is some major X-Files stuff right here. Um, what is a conspiracy theory and where do they come from? So what is a conspiracy theory? Um, I think the answer to that question is it is a, it is an idea um, formulated to explain um, some, some I, I don't want to say impossibility, but some strange, uh, uh, some strange observance um, in the in the world, and that it's a conspiracy theory when it is an idea that is that would be viewed by the general public as ridiculous in one way or another. So yeah, the, the way that one I article it, I think everybody here should read is Glenn Greenwald has a Substack. He's a reporter that I like. And he wrote an article called, like, what was it? By every metric, the Bush administration was worse than the Trump administration. And he was talking about the ways that the Bush administration violated people's privacy, created more surveillance apparatus, expanded the powers of the CIA, enabled the government to hold people without bail, without trial. And he documents all of these things that most people are kind of like, it's shocking to hear them. They're all, they're not just like, Things that have happened, the things that have been openly passed in law using all the scenarios Glenn Greenwald uses are all public. There's not a single one of them that's shady. Yet if you were to stack all these things up and just repeat them to people, they'd be like, that's not true. You can't hold somebody without bail in the U.S. You can't hold somebody without trial. You can't observe someone without you know, a warrant. Yeah, you can. You can observe someone without trial. You can arrest them. Or you can observe someone without a warrant. You can arrest them as an enemy combatant without any uh, permission of a judge, and you can be sent somewhere and held without trial indefinitely as an enemy combatant. It's a gray area of law that was created specifically for the executive branch to be able to use. And the point was, oh, we got to counter terrorism in some way. And when Snowden revealed this stuff, you know how many cases they were able to say that they stopped of terrorism using these procedure, using these privileges that they had? They, it was one. 
one in 20 years of having these massive surveillance pr privileges where they could observe anyone. Massive surveillance privileges in which are horribly unconstitutional under, I mean, you might be able to make a gray area about the enemy combatant thing, and that's a technical loophole technically, but that sort of thing is it's used in a way that is very unconstitutional in the fact that they're not mm -hmm. using it on the people that it's meant to be used on. If they're not actually meant like enemy combatants. And so if you're throwing around, it's just a loophole that is horribly unconstitutional. But so oh, to answer that question, I more like, to add, I see, enemy combatant is US citizen. That's a designation of a U.S. citizen. He's been designated as enemy combatant. That's so not a national. That's a U.S. citizen. If somebody in the CIA says enemy combatant, boop, they press the button. Some guys in a van will go. They'll pick you up. They'll be gone. What's happened? There's a guy in South Carolina. Whoa. So first of all, that's messed up. I just want to put that out there. And second of all, I see a conspiracy theory as something that is lacking a specific amount of proof in order to make it like true. Like, in order to be proven, it's not, there's not enough information to prove it, which makes it a conspiracy theory. Same thing as there's a scientific theory. There's a scientific fact and there's a scientific theory. A scientific theory is something that you are guessing at, or you are making an educated guess on based on a... Scientific fact, jet fuel cannot melt steel beams. <laughs> but the chemserial stuff can. <laughs> scientific fact is something that has been but Neil, the problem is a lot of these conspiracy theories get proven like later on, so it may huh. take a while. But also, here's the thing: a lot of these get proven later on, but in a way that's not sensationalistic. Like Bohemian Grove, yeah. they're probably not burning children over the fire. It's probably some weird effigy. It's probably some weird thing that goes on. Yes, Nodar. Before we go on, I just want to say we should be careful what we say on here. Because the NSA and the CIA are listening, and I don't want to be suicided. <sighs> yeah, I'm not trying to go out like Epstein. Hey, he didn't kill himself. Remember, put up your Christmas decorations, because much like Epstein, Christmas lights do not hang themselves. Oh my God. We should start selling some merch after this episode. We should sell uh, Epstein didn't hang himself merch. But the point I was making is, like there is scientific theory, it is not necessarily proven, but it is likely... Or it is possible, conspiracy theory is. It is political possibility or political likeliness that has not necessarily been proven. And so a lot of people yeah. will throw the far, the far, you know, people will throw underneath this carpet things that are wildly impossible, almost wildly impossible without a certain amount of investigation and like, just like. But Neil, the, pr the problem is, is that there are. At the are... same time, at the same time, there are things that are relatively possible or likely that are also thrown under this carpet. So, like, what makes a good conspiracy from a bad conspiracy? Like, what is, what is a good conspiracy theory from a bad conspiracy theory? One of the things I notice a lot with the theories is they run away from themselves. Like, Pizzagate is about, fundamentally, where it comes from is the unanswered connections, the unanswered questions about the connection between Bill Clinton, Hillary Clinton, and Jeffrey Epstein. What happened with Pizzagate was not at all about their connections and what was going on. Well, it wasn't a lot about those things, but then it became this big tangled up mess where the entire DNC, the entire DNC is like funneling children through this one spot in DC or through a couple of different spots. And what it becomes, it becomes way too big, way too involved, way too much is going on where there's real crimes. Guess what? Jeffrey Epstein liked to touch kids. 
And guess what? Bill Clinton would like to ride on his plane, where Jeffrey Epstein liked to have kids on the plane that he would mess with. That's that's not up for debate. Like that's that's how it happened. So that's a real problem. Bill Clinton was president of the U.S. He was a real president. Hillary Clinton almost won in 2016. Like this is not something that we shouldn't be concerned with. Like that is serious. You, did you hear anything about this from Washington Post, uh, New York Times? Hell, the New York Post, CNN, Fox. You hear anything about these from those guys? No. No. All the mainstream outlets just put their hands up. They didn't touch it. Well, we're not involved. And so you're leaving this, you're leaving it open for a field day for people to go in, grab it, run with it. And what happens is, is they start, they pick up a lot of true things, but they really get lost and they get horrified. They get disgusted with the level of corruption and the level of complicity that so many people have with this. They start to think there is an entire, like they begin to see how a system has enabled people to be able to get away with these sorts of crimes for a long, long time. This is why the QAnon people, the QAnon people think that basically the entire United States government is a Satanist cult, that Donald Trump has been more or less messianically disappointed or messianically appointed to take down. God Emperor Trump. And they think that it all began with JFK because JFK was... JFK, who did openly say that the, CIA, that the CIA was out to destroy the United States, then ends up getting killed two weeks after he makes that statement. They think that he is connected with JFK's plan to bring down the intelligence agencies, which if you really look at what's going on, that's not really the case. But Trump does talk like it, and he's one of the only two presidents in history to use the term military industrial complex, which is something that really irks a lot of people. Chuck Schumer of the Senate said Trump is an idiot to go against the intelligence communities. So it's clear that Trump and the intelligence communities aren't quite buddy-buddy. But the basic point is people get so frustrated with the system, they try and look for a way out. So the villains become super evil. Either you go and you despair, or you choose a hero to fight against them. And a lot of people have chosen Trump as that hero. And I think Yeah, a lot of it is fiction. Like, this is sort of thing is a lot of people, so, it is a weird smattering of truth and fiction, whereas you start out with a real problem and you start digging into the real problem and then you start making up solutions or you dig a little too deep and then you find yourself in a, people don't know, like people will connect dots at a certain point. I feel like this happens with conspiracy theories, correct me if I'm wrong, but the deeper and deeper you go, the more nuanced and the more, like at a certain point of nuance within political theory, you get to the point, like not political theory, but like, within the conspiracy theory, like, this guy was a seven, like a, a second cousin to this guy who was this. And it was like, you know, you start connecting things that are not connected. And so, yeah, like, yeah. And that's, that's like the real fundamental problem is the fact that they almost always hit a peak point. Like I was pretty big in Q for a while. And then one of the things I started to notice was one with them, Trump could never be wrong. Like Trump would make an obviously an obvious mistake and it would somehow be this genius plan that he was doing. And so Trump had to have like an intelligence, uh, like he had to have a superhuman intelligence to be who these people thought he was. And he clearly wasn't that. Like Trump just is not who they thought that he was. Occasionally he could talk like it. And occasionally he could stand up against the intelligence community and he could stand up to the people who stood in high power in the intelligence. Not a bad thing. um, In the intelligence apparatus. I lost my point. But now, uh, Trump is basically the guy, uh, Tim Robbins in the Hudsucker Proxy. 
who's this idiot who who accidentally does everything right and just just uh overpowers the guys that are trying to control him just by accident. Yeah, and Trump I think like he was an axe wielding like he was an axe wielding jester that I think is a good one thing is I think that a lot of these powerful types who have a lot of vested interest in keeping their positions in Washington are very scared of someone who's not as dumb as Trump trying to do the same things that he did or actually following through on the promises that Trump made. So here's this is going back to the kind of conspiracies like taking a nugget of truth and spiraling out of control is there's the one um, you guys have maybe heard the uh, conspiracy theory that in the 80s with the war on drugs or like early 90s with the war on drugs and Reagan's whole deal about that, that the government was basically funneling crack into uh, Mm -hmm. into poor communities to enforce racism, basically, without like explicitly enforcing racism, you know, to increase arrests to crime rates and drug abuse rates in black communities. And therefore, Um, by, by doing that. By doing that to increase the amount of, like, to increase his point, like, we have a real drug problem, we need to focus on this. Right. And by, by making the problem worse, he can actually say that with more credibility. Yeah. And so, but here's what um, kind of, the way it originated, I believe, was actually well after the fact, with uh, what was released were CIA documents that showed while the DEA, uh, Drug Enforcement Agency, was trying to block a lot of the uh, Nicaraguan cartels and all that shit the CIA was getting some kind of intelligence or something value out of them and actually blocked other agencies from stopping these cartels and were actually giving money to them, to the cartels yep. and like helping them import. So you take that nugget of truth, right? That the CIA was blocking, you know, the stopping of these cartels for whatever reasons, but then it spirals out of control into this, or then it gets uh, fictitious or something added to it where basically the government is intentionally fu- funneling this in. And I think that happens too with like a lot of conspiracy theories, like you know, nothing is ever benefiting from nine uh, from the wars that results in nine eleven, and you know, gets pushed further. People make accidents. People do things by mistake. People do things unintentionally, and this is something. Also, government is big. There are good actors and there are bad actors in it, but the CIA is composed exclusively of bad actors, and so is the FBI. So take that as you will. That's the sort of thing, like. I feel like I never hear conspiracy theories where anyone did anything accidentally because that's poor proof. Everyone has to be an absolute genius and it has to play out in a certain way. There is never oh, yeah. somebody like an information gap or someone doing accident, someone doing something accidentally that kind of like breaks. Yeah, I, the, the thing the thing about that is you're right. I mean, if if we'll if we will allow ourselves to remember um, Star Wars Episode Nine, Emperor Palpatine acts like. Everything, everything that has ever happened has led up to this moment because he has guided every single detail of every single thing so that it will be exactly like it is right now. And quite frankly, that's impossible and implausible and stupid. But yes, it, it's exactly the same way where if we are going to accept this, then that is then we, if we're going to accept these conspiracy theories, then it's true. We are going to have to accept the fact that they planned every single little detail of every single little thing. And that, quite frankly, is pretty much insupportable. Yeah. I mean, a lot of these conspiracy theories are like 80% true and 20% just laughably false. So uh, I don't know if it's 80, 20. I, I think, like I said, a lot of them, not all of them. There are some of them that are just hilarious. Like, um, 
What was that? What was the recent one about uh, the Vatican and the Rockefellers and how JP two was uh, oh, trying wow. to push a globalist communist agenda and like I forget whatever. JP two? That's okay. Yeah. First of all, utter nonsense because JP two was, was anti-communist. He was so anti-communist. Neil, that is an example of an obviously wrong conspiracy. Just to clarify. That's horribly wrong. Yeah. So, yeah, but um, there are other. One thing I will say though is there are smart conspiracy. There are a lot of smart people who end up getting into conspiracy theory because a lot of people presume that things are just going to be nice and dandy, and so when you confront them with something that makes them really uncomfortable, they don't know what to do with it. Like our government spends millions upon millions of dollars. It spends billions of dollars in Afghanistan. Who yep. knows anything about what's going on in Afghanistan? We sure. don't know anything. We just hope the military is doing the best. What if they're just like, there are certain areas where, hell, what if they're just growing poppy to sell heroin? Yeah. What well, if some like brigadier is just that's like awesome. growing poppy to just sell it back in the U.S.? Like, he's just making bank. Like, dude, seriously, heroin sells all the time. Like, people get hooked on that stuff. Like, Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that the most recent um, conspiracies that I've been diving into are the Bill Gates New World Order. Um, I was happy to see that was trending on Twitter today. Uh, what the hit the reset button? Have you guys seen that? The new world. He's gonna kill us with his vaccines. Well, some of the vaccines. If you look at some of these vaccines, it's kind of there is a lot of sketchy stuff in it. Like um, the one, the I think it was the AstraZeneca vaccine. Basically, one component in it right now is it's from a. There's a component in it that is from an aborted fetus from 1974 and what they did is they replicated the cells over and over and over and over again to the point where it's included in this this um this vaccine for AstraZeneca and i mean there's there's no real scenario where anyone would agree that that is like moral or agree that that is good in any way i i really don't think that it's necessary and i mean some of the sketchy stuff like even you know there's sketchy stuff with the you know all the kushners and you know bill gates and all them yeah that's one of the things people are like oh trump's the man and i'm like his right one of his right hand men is jared kushner like um yeah that man is weird yeah so jared kushner actually spent i think he was trying to buy the um was it park avenue 666 park avenue or something like yeah that. yeah what is he, he he spent like 150 percent of what it was listed for just so that he could have the historic property but if Dude, you look he's at gonna buy man, jeffrey epstein's mansion and just not change it at all just like freaking live in it uh, it's just weird it's uh, i don't know his his all but but at the same time he brought peace in the so you kind of got to i don't know it's because he helped them too. He's like, all right, if you give us a certain number of sacrifice children, we'll give you enough money, okay? <laughs> oh, man. I mean, the guy is the guy is weird. And then of course you got Zuck, the Lizard King, or whatever you want to call him. You got Hillary, who's a reptilian. You have the the Middle Earthers. Uh, have you heard that one yet? There's people living in the middle of the Earth. And somewhere in Africa, there's a portal. I, I mean, I, I've heard I've heard people say that we live on the inside of the Earth. Yeah, the Earth is a globe, and that we live on the inside rather than the outside. But I didn't know that there are two separate societies. Yeah. So here's, here's a conspiracy where there's a kernel of truth that's really blown out of proportion. 
Um, Russia helped elect Donald Trump. Russia, like, that's an actual conspiracy that was just blown out of proportion. Like, it just wasn't really true. Like, James Clapper, Joe Biden, Barack Obama, and Hillary Clinton got in a room with James Comey and said, well, not Clinton, because she was campaigning at the time. But they went in with Comey, and they're like, hey, you know, um, we might have heard some, like, basically what happened with that was there were two guys in the FBI that had a conversation with Flynn. And they were trying for months to figure out is Flynn and is the Trump campaign connected with the Russians. So it began more or less as a legitimate investigation of like, is this real or is this fake? Two guys, the two guys who were on the case were like, nah, we don't see any evidence for continuing with this. James Comey goes into the office, the Oval Office, to tell Barack Obama and Joe Biden who were there with him. And they go in, these he hands them the report. And then they hear that there's Flynn is about to have a conversation with some other FBI agents. Or they hear that Flynn is on a phone call with Sergei Kislyak, who was a Russian diplomat at the time. And they're like, hey, guys, let's tap the phone call. We have absolutely zero reason to do so, but let's just tap into the call. So they go in, and this is actually, they heard that Flynn was going to later on call Kislyak. It wasn't during the call. When they figure out they had the opportunity to listen to him calling a Russian without any other preemptive reasoning, they go in, they tap into the call, they hear nothing of substance, nothing whatsoever. And then after that, they take the two other guys who were on the case who dismissed it. Okay, sorry, I'm actually getting this mixed up. Here's what happened. They are investigating Trump camp- Trump's campaign and Flynn simultaneously. So they have some guys on the Trump campaign who say Trump may be working with the Russians. They're investigating it a little bit. And they're not really seeing any reason to continue with the investigation. Flynn had a conversation with Sergei Kislyak, who was the Russian ambassador at the time, to, I think, Palestine. And what Flynn was talking about was like, hey, you're not going to screw over Israel right now. There is something going on, as many as things are always going on with Israel and Palestine. And so Flynn was um, talking on behalf of the Israelites, and Kislyak was representing the—he wasn't really representing, but— Flynn was trying to talk on behalf of the Israelites. They record, they look at the phone call, and they're like, there's not much here to go on. But Obama, as the lame duck president at the time that he was, knowing that Flynn was going to go over to the Trump side, they're like, you know what? How about, Comey, you send two of your guys to go have a conversation with Flynn about whether he talked with the Russian, with Kislyak or not. They go in, they have a conversation. No notes are taken. And the FBI guys both disagree about what happened. And they retract their testimony several times and unretract it. Like they change what happened several times. And basically they're like, yeah, um, he said that James Flynn said that he was not talking with the Russians. That was the common narrative. Except at first when they came out, they said, yeah, he did have the conversation. And then later they're like, no, he didn't have the conversation. And they were like, yeah, he did tell us that. And so the whole point was they were starting to target Flynn because he said, well, Flynn lied to us, two low-ranking FBI investigators, as a general of the United States, about whether he may or may not have called a Russian. So that's how that whole thing, that whole ball started to roll. And it took the United States millions of dollars to investigate whether Trump was affiliated with Russia and whether Russia was colluding with Flynn. 43 million. Yeah, 43 million dollars. A conspiracy that was started by the former president and his vice president who were sitting there and were like, yeah, let's go make life a bitch for these guys. 
Yep. Like, let's go investigate them without really having much any cause because, you know, we're presidents and you really can't touch us after office. And it ends up costing millions of dollars. The New York Times, the Washington Post will run with it. Run with it. Come on, Russia. They colluded. They colluded. They colluded. And all these same people who and all these people who work in the intelligence communities all of a sudden become, um, what should I say, like the mistresses of the media. Like the media loves them. They come on the media all the time on the major news outlets to the point that James Clapper, former head of the um, former director of national intelligence, is now a consistent contributor on CNN where they don't really have to give any facts. They're just like, oh, you know, it, it looks like Russian misinformation. And they keep running with this whole Russia narrative that Russia is somehow intimately involved with the U.S. elections with no prior proof. Same thing with the Joe Biden laptop. Like people, they, the Biden campaign says nothing about it. First of all, they never deny it. They, they say literally zero about Hunter Biden's laptop. And immediately top-level Democrats and a lot of media types jump on and they say, oh, it's Russian misinformation, Russian misinformation. You see this? It could possibly be Russian misinformation. And there's a conspiracy theory that's right there in the air. You are alleging that one man is in cahoots with another powerful man, and they're trying to force their will upon the people in the United States. Exactly. And I mean, there there is in the in the Hunter Biden laptop case. You know, I'm more familiar with that because I I actually dove really deeply into that and I watched a lot of the videos. Not good stuff. But um, one of the things that except you know, the, the, the snorting crack was was pretty hot. That was pretty hot. Of course, if if you're into that. Dan. I'm just gonna <laughs> jump in here right real quick and just say, shut up. Wait, wait, what? <laughs> shut up about what? I'm gonna jump in here real quick to say you don't snort crack. You smoke crack. You snort cocaine. Oh yeah, snorting coke. Okay. Wait. You also smoke yeah. beer. Anyway, what I was ta- what I was talking about was um. That's that reference. Yeah, that was that was an oldie but a goodie. Um. So what I was saying about Hunter Biden's laptop. That I mean, the most blatant evidence that we have that it was, you know, all the information on there was actually it was actually Hunter Biden's laptops is because. His dumbass lawyer decided to call the repair shop and ask for the hard drives back. Like, if there is not a more blatant like form of of verification that these are hunter these are indeed Hunter Biden's laptops and all the images on there are are actually from Hunter Biden and all the emails talking about the big guy getting ten percent. Hey, here's the thing we haven't talked about. Moscow. Do you, do any of you guys know why we invaded Iraq after nine eleven? Any of you know why? Why are you, you going to tell the, us? The official reason... To get back at Khusro the second. <laughs> no, it would be to get back for... Okay, you know what? That would... No, no, screw you, man. I want to... Yes, I agree. But you know what? I can't say I agree, but... Uh, we were going after Saddam Hussein, though, right? To get you back on track. Dude. We said that he had weapons of mass destruction, for yeah. which we had zero evidence. We had no evidence that he had weapons of mass destruction. The U.S. and the intelligence community just manufactured. They're like, these are Saddam Hussein's, like, he had these mobile units that he was going to use to launch his weapons, and it was all complete bullcrap. It was, it was all, like, fake. Now, he did have lookalikes. We, we can confirm that he did have lookalikes and multiple lookalikes at that. Well, that's just um, a safety procedure for a highly contentious figure. And they all lived in a Bluth family home, so there's that as well. But anyway, we yeah, start a spoil war. Arrested development. We start a war. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. I may or may not have committed some light treason. 
<laughs> Arrested Development is the best. Like when they, the way they tackle the wall, you know, Trump's wall, and the way they tackle Saddam Hussein. Wait, Trump's like, wall, you know, dude, it's hilarious. Anyway, back on topic. What were we talking about? We were talking about the war in Iraq, and um, we invade a country based on bad intelligence that the intelligence community inflated, and now we're still in a war. Eighteen years later, trillions, literally trillions of dollars spent on what's a little more than a conspiracy theory. Dan, go get some water or something. I have some, and I'm drinking it. (laughs) So I think is now a good time for a smoke break. I think now it's a good time for no. We've only been going for a few minutes. We've been going for like an almost an hour now, forty-five nope, minutes. So. It's forty-five minutes. Wow! The government orchestrated nine eleven. Time flies when you're talking about stuff that you like. Time flies, man. And also, we need to give Dan at least ten minutes to get over his hiccups. Okay, we're gonna go on our smoke break. We will be right back. Jet fuel can't melt steel. Smoking cigarettes and drinking. I have a low-key rant. I was looking at LinkedIn. And you know what? One of the things that really bothers me is the fact that people think so much of Trump's rhetoric was just, oh, it's just Trump. It's completely unprecedented. It's like, no, it's not. It's been precedented by the past 20 years of U.S. politics. Like We've been extremely factional, vulgar, and divisive in the way that we work. Like Donald Trump is literally like this tiny little, he's like, the pinpoint catalyst that like popped a fucking balloon. No, he wasn't even the pinpoint. He was like the one tiny bit of pressure that pushed up and popped the balloon. Like it was all there. It had been there for literally years. The mainstream media for years had been feeding us lies and had been deceptive, had been hiding news. And so many people knew this. It's not even like not a lot of people knew this. Uh, I just want to take all my professors who are like all wimpy about this stuff and just smack them across the face. Be like, get out of your ivory tower. Get on the ground. With that, we return from our smoke break. That was a good rant by Dan. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Dan, it's I, – I, I think the, the phenomenon of Trump honestly deserves its own – its own lad cast in a couple months after this election stuff is sorted out because I personally one of the most interesting thing videos I watched talking about Trump was by Phil Vischer, the creator of Veggie Tales. He had a it was like a five minute video entitled "How Doritos Gave Us Trump," and oh, no. yeah, essentially it's the same thing where he talked about how how people are constantly seeking the more extreme things and. So not only like the more extreme Dorito flavors or the, the more extreme adrenaline highs from snowboarding out of a helicopter rather than just taking a ski lift, but then, they, but then the more extreme ideals stand behind. I, I honestly do think that that was the reason why Trump was elected, because of the hair. Are we back on yet? All right, back on topic. So 
I, I'd like to begin the second half of this podcast by talking more specifically about conspiracy theories that I most commonly find held by Christians. Um, we will start in no particular order with the dinosaurs, because if you ask some people, they will insist that dinosaurs never existed. They were entirely invented by the scientific community. That the T-Rex skeleton that you see in Night at the Museum is just an entirely fake reconstruction of whatever fancy plaster and whatever wire is holding it together because the idea that there is such a creature with the, just such a massive body and tiny arms is ridiculous. They'll do essentially the but same there's thing. Little, there's, little evidence, there's little evidence besides carbon dating that says that... Am I muted? Am I muted? <laughs> here's here's Max talking about a commonly held Christian conspiracy, and Joe McLaughlin can't help but start defending it. I, I couldn't hear what Joe said actually, but um, Joe was saying something. I was talking about carbon fourteen dating and how that doesn't really help the case. Oh yeah, no, no carbon fourteen dating is terribly inaccurate. But I mean, carbon fourteen dating goes to the age of the Earth, which is another conspiracy in and of itself. Essentially, that. By counting genealogies in the Bible, you find that the Earth is only six thousand years old oh, from today, wow. going back to the creation. Ridiculous. I, I I agree. It is ridiculous because the Bible was not meant to be a scientific textbook. Doctor Snyder told this told this us this over and over again. Agreed. Return to monkey maps. Did creation occur over seven days? No, creation did not occur in seven days. What does the church teach about the uh, the time frame? What was it? But here's one thing I will say. For the hardcore fundamentalists, I don't think there's a single church father besides Augustine who says that it isn't heresy to hold that the church wasn't made in the equivalent time of seven 24-hour periods. I think Augustine is the only one. Had Augustine not written on the literal interpretation of Genesis, it would be an article of faith that a Catholic would dogmatically have to hold that the Earth was created in seven twenty-four hour periods. Augustine is based based on Augustine Hill. So then Thomas Aquinas is too. I think Jack Lake was talking about that one day, where it's like people people pull out on the literary on the literal interpretation of Genesis all the time because it's the only one document that doesn't make the church look completely like foolish. Every single other document from every single other church father is like basically very contrary. I mean, we have to keep in mind that the early church fathers didn't have the didn't they didn't have the scientific know-how or the science or the language necessary to um, to to convey ideas of the of just for the Big Bang. I mean, mm-hmm. we could have had in the Book of Genesis in the beginning there was nothing. God said, "Let there be light," and there was a singularity that exploded in what we know as the Big Bang. But the the, the Israelites for whom this for whom the book of Genesis was written would not have had a single idea of what that meant. The the creation narrative isn't a isn't a play by play of what God did, but a demonstration of who God is really, where the two creation narratives emphasize two different things. The the one narrative ends with the creation of man, the pinnacle of creation. The other begins with the creation of man, and he is given the world and all that is in it. Joe? Um, I mean, like, I'm still skeptical of the Big Bang Theory, too, because, I mean, 
That's the end, bro. Day, Big Bang. You can't. Day, you can't like the evidence around it. There's no other reasonable way, given the evidence that we have now, to deny it. So here's the thing. But I don't think. Have, I think you, that it takes away any sort of glorification of God creating. It does not happening. at all. It's I think it does, but you didn't even hear my. You didn't even hear my reasoning. So okay, fine. Go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. The experiments that were done were completely stacked in favor of a Big Bang. The experiments that Rutherford did to to stack the deck, with, you know, they all stacked the deck where he put electrostatic discharge in a container and waited for something to happen. He basically had to feed it with electricity, metals, the, and other stuff like so, that. So, Joe, I think the that. biggest issue you're facing Ooh. is you're thinking of one experiment. The issue that makes the Big Bang so strong is the fact that there are multiple convergent lines of evidence that are independently studied that each point to the fact that the universe is expanding and has been expanding from one single point. So, so it's not like there's there's not one single experiment or one single group of experiments. There's different lines of scientific inquiry that have all correlated to this point to be like, yeah, the I get universe that. probably. Yeah. Okay, Joe. Like, Joe, Joe. I get that, but it, here's, it here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Joe, let Michael. Let Michael. Michael for a moment. This is the question that you're trying to answer is, does the fact that the Big Bang could have existed take away from the fact that God created? In fact, no, it does not. Because all it, all you have to like look at it as is where science and where theology have their separate points and where they're supposed to talk to. Science, the Big Bang existed, even if it did 100% fact, and I think it probably does, it is extremely likely... 99% sure at least it is well given our current evidence dude we scientific knowledge the way it progresses you're always liable to a revolution that was thomas coon's thing so this like true this we true. we have to recognize that we're one step away from throwing out all our textbooks and writing new ones that's point what einstein being, did in the 1920s so point being point being big bang happens does not necessarily take away from the fact that that god created because Dude, you know what I say? What I always say is, if God didn't exist, that really wouldn't take away from his glory either. True, but here's the thing is that... <laughs> you didn't listen to what I said. It was a joke. I hear. Okay, uh, that was such a terrible joke. Never mind. I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm trying to, I'm getting my point off and I'm, you know. <laughs> One thing I will say. Let, let, let Michael finish. Ah, <laughs> Big Bang. Well, you know, if the Big Bang happened, and as Dan said, scientific theory is the sort of thing that got resolutionized, it's yada, yada, whatever. The Big Bang happened does not take away from the fact that something caused the Big Bang or something put in order. Like, that's the sort of thing, like, that doesn't take away from the fact that God existed. It's the fact that he put certain things into place so that these things would happen. Like, you know, he puts... He creates a couple of molecules in place, and then Big Bang happens because of that. Is all like that's not none of that is out of the question. It's like the same sort of thing applies where God would have to put that into motion. Like, yeah, two things. Two things that I would the say. The Big One Bang is, was first theorized by a Catholic priest. The qualifying act of God as God that we can see, insofar as an external operation that He is not obligated to do, is through creation. Because creation is not a change. When something changes, it goes from A to B. So something inside A is such that it can be B. And so it goes through from being A to slowly changing and being B. When there is nothing, there is not A to B. 
There's no, there's no even reality of that happening. There's no reality. There's a nothing there. There's absolute non-existence. So when something comes to exist from pure non-existence, it's not a change. It's its own unique act that actually really can't be understood by the human mind. As for Thomas Aquinas said, we can grasp the distinction. And so we can say creation is not a change, but in and of itself, what creation really is, is actually a mystery to us that's really only comprehensible to God. So God could create the universe in whatever way he sees fit. So long as we can see it as a created universe, then the fundamental act of God exists. And another thing is, too, before the Big Bang, there was the idea that the universe was eternal. That was much, much stronger. After the Big Bang, there's very few physicists who can maintain that. Um, anyway, should we get back to conspiracy theories? Wait, I want to like... say one thing else, defending okay, my man. point, because I started this off, okay? What I want to say is, defending my stance was that I do agree that the Big Bang could have happened because God is being and God is, so therefore God can do everything. But I only tend to see that scientists are trying to prove the Big Bang to say that there was a beginning of the universe, to say that there was never a someone who, who began the universe. So they're using the Big Bang to try and disprove the uh, divine presence of a creator. I the, the thing is that that doesn't make sense because something cannot come from nothing. Of course it does. Everything make- has a cause. But also, like, honestly, I feel like with creation, the Big, Bl- the Big Bang plays a lot better than, like, the eternal universe, which is basically your alternative. I mean, like, it's either no. the universe is eternal or it at some point came from nothing. The Big Bang is just saying how it came from nothing. Amen. Joe, I don't think you realize I wrote my senior thesis on the philosophy of science. So I would know some of this. One of your big things I think you're seeing is the fact that you there's lots of like people, there's lots of popularizing scientists who are kind of like at mid-range in their field who do what you're talking about. But a lot of the serious guys, a lot of the serious scholars are much better about being very narrow in their research and what they're trying to do. And so they're not trying to go out and prove whether God exists or doesn't exist. So, but, yes, but you are sca- of, guess what? The- they're scandalized by the fact that they're irresponsible scientists who use their scientific findings to try and peddle or try and peddle bad philosophy or try and prove points that they can't actually prove. And you are scandalized by bad academics abusing their position, which is actually very legitimate and very often happens. Can we go back to conspiracy theories? Because this is not really a conspiracy yeah. theory. Let's talk yeah, about you know, uh, the Earth is flat. The Earth is flat, yes. The, the, the wonderful thing about the flat Earth is that there's so many different theories about it that the, the flat Earthers themselves don't really agree. So, for example, some people believe that, there were, that the Earth is really just flat and there is an edge that you can reach and then... And, and, yeah, you can fall over the edge. Other people believe it's it's a semi-sphere, like a mound of mashed potatoes sitting on a giant bowl. I like the donut earth concept. But also, like, if the earth is a globe, how does turtles all the way down work? Because you can't balance a sphere on a turtle shell. Whoa, big brain. <laughs> you know, the, I, the, the one I like best for the flat earth, well, actually, no, there's, there's two different ones for the flat earth. 
there's one where it is uh, where, where the yeah it's flat it, it's like a it's like a plate but then on the top there is a dome so that's essentially surrounding it protecting it from space or what have you and depending who you ask the sun and the moon either inside or outside the dome but there's the idea of a dome because they they looked at like some some quotes in the bible were like the waters above the heavens or something like that flooded the earth and they say like god basically just opened the windows of the dome and let the rain in from out in space or something the the the, the flat earth theory that i think could be um could could be more interesting is the theory that it's a flat earth and it, so for the flat earth then antarctica is essentially just the edge of the world and antarctica is just a giant ice wall that goes to more ice and out there somewhere else there are other flat worlds multiverse theory yeah, i was going to say it's like so that if you if you can get over the ice wall which you're not allowed to because the governments control the border but if if you get over the edge then you can keep walking to another flat earth another flat world and i just think that one's fantastic because it, it leaves so many windows open for what's out there do these other worlds have different nodars in them uh, we don't know because the governments patrol the edge because it's they they use like the one picture of like one specific ice shelf of Antarctica and say that it's like this gigantic cliff of ice all the way around and the entire thing is patrolled by governments who sign some kind of treaty so that no no private organizations are allowed to enter Antarctica. They do so it in Bohemian Grove. This is why they're worried about global warming because it's going to melt the ice wall and we'll get out. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> big brain. 500 IQ, my guys. Yeah, I, I mean, okay, the, but, the, but the one, thing, one thing I love about flat earthers is that is that or not just flat earthers, but pe people always say that people that the Middle Ages were backwards because they believed that the Earth was flat. And then you go back and read the Summa Theologiae, Theologiae or Theologica. No, it's Theologiae. Theologiae. The Summa Theologiae, and Aquinas uses. The Earth is round as one of the obvious truths that everyone accepts, and you're like Thomas Aquinas in the 11th century knew as a, as a fact that the Earth was round, and people say that the Middle Ages were backwards because everyone thought the Earth was flat. But Thomas Aquinas was literally yes. big brain himself. He was big brain. He he was the big brain, the dumb ox. Big brain, the 500 IQ. Thomas Aquinas and Among Us would wreck everyone. <laughs> he couldn't deceive them. Dude, what if what if they have Among Us in Heaven? That'd be kind of lit. What do you guys think about Heaven? By the way, like there's a, there's a lot of conspiracy theories about Heaven, like what Heaven actually is, if it's what, physical. What is Alex like, Jones? Was Alex food? Jones like BSing on Joe Rogan when he said it was like the twelfth dimension or whatever? Oh, no, no, not no, no, necessarily. No. I mean, well, think of the Mormons. So for the Mormons, then um, if you live a good Mormon life and you wear this fancy Mormon underwear and whatever else, then when you die. You be you become the god of your own planet. So as essentially, you you get your own planet to live on, and then another one you get to rule. So that god lives on. I, th I think he lives on Alpha Centauri, or like one of it, one one of the bodies orbiting it, and he is he is in charge of our of planet Earth, and he created everything on it and whatever else. So we can infer from that that all the that the gods who rule the planets in the rest of the solar system did a really bad job. Because we haven't found any life there, so they just like the landscape, I guess. But I mean, for, so so their idea of heaven is just becoming god of your own world. Um, honestly, most, I mean, 
mo most of the Judeo-Christian branches of religions have a very have a very immaterial heaven. Twelfth dimension, yeah, but that doesn't mean anything, so you can say it and get away with it. I mean, I, I know that at, at least if you're taking the Quran literally, then for them, heaven is full of pretty women and pretty boys and full of as much wine as you can drink and you'll never get drunk from it and all the, the kinds of foods that you want and whatever else. But there, 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 are, there are some who say that that's figurative, of course. So, Nodar? What if? One <laughs> Repeated. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna take that out. Don't worry, except for except for the part where I say take that out. <laughs> oh man. Well, anyway, a lot of boomers believe that hell, in particular, is a very physical place, and that you get poked with burning brands, and you definitely there's definitely fire, and there's like no, uh, it's. I, I've I've heard other people. It's I mean the thing is it's the it's the popular conception of hell. So a lot of people think of it that way. And I mean let's be honest. And a lot of the visions of hell granted to visionaries of different kinds, whether it be the children of Fatima or Saint Faustina or others, then yes, hell or John Bosco, hell is portrayed as a place of immense heat. Saint John Bosco in particular had many dreams. One of them he was he he was walked through hell. And he was, at the very end of the dream, he was brought to a giant wall. He was told that it was one of a hundred walls that are around hell, that each of them are like hundreds of miles apart. He was told to place his hand against it to feel a, the remotest bit of the heat of hell. He placed it on it and it burned, it, it felt like such a white hot heat that he woke up screaming with pain and that the skin on his, the palm of his hand was peeling off for days afterwards. So. It's the idea that hell is hot has a lot of precedent, but um, I think it's just the imagery though. Like, like no one's gonna think of like, oh, hell is like what I, what I think I'm not positive, but what I can tell is that hell is the absence of God, and so basically, if you can't take the heat, get into heaven. Facts, but also um, I think one thing too about hell is like it does in a sense have to be you know, taking, like, the general resurrection of the body. Um, well, it has to be a physical place because there's going to be physical bodies in it. But that's the argument that all these, these people that believe in a physical place, that's the argument that they all believe. Well, I mean, that, that, that's the thing, is that there's, when the new heavens and the new earth are created at the end of time, then the old heavens and the old earth will be destroyed, will be no more because they are no longer needed. So... In the new heaven and the new earth, we will have our bodies, but at the moment, the only bodies that are in heaven are the bodies of our Lord and of Our Lady. Um, and so it's, I mean, e even, in, even in terms of just Catholic doctrine, it's complicated. Nodar? But also in hell, since it's, it's immense pain, uh, w wouldn't it be more painful if it was just your, your soul? Because it's, it's one, one substance? That's what I'm saying. Rather than yeah. your body suffering. Thomas Aquinas, when talking about purgatory, says because it's just spiritual, it's greater pain than you've ever experienced on earth because it's just one substance suffering rather than right. one body part suffering. In the absence of the other substance specifically. Mm -hmm. But I still think, I mean, I believe it is the dogma that 
um, you know, hell or that those in hell will have their physical bodies. So I think you have to in some way maintain that hell, whether or not it is a physical place, at least will be a physical place. Is it dogma that they will have their physical bodies? I believe, I mean, I think at the general resurrection, I think it's dogma that everyone will have physical bodies. Oh, so yeah. glorified bodies. Not all glorified, not those in hell. I thought I thought it was dogma that everyone would have glorified bodies, whether you go to heaven or hell. I I, I believe that is the case because it and because we were taught that in hell the two punishments are the pain of loss, the primary pain, and then the pain of sense as well. So there will be some kind of pain. It's I mean just because it is most often described in the Bible as fire does not necessarily mean that. I mean Dante's Inferno portrays it as getting colder the further you go down and that's another equally descriptive way to show the distance from the the warmth of god's love but i mean when we get right down to it we can't say for sure because to some extent everybody's hell is their own and everybody is punished according to their sins yeah i don't know i've always felt that the um the absence of love god would be the greatest loss that man could ever have and being out of that is the primary pain of hell yeah but it it doesn't really that's hell's primary pain i know but what i'm saying is is that i don't really think that any physical torture could compare to that loss yeah so what i was going to say is the way i've always uh, learned and thought about it that makes sense to me is that hell will or is spiritual suffering and will um at least at some point if it is well yeah at some point when you have your physical body will be physical suffering as well but the primary suffering is the absence of god and namely like kind of in the form that you never reached your end or you never reached the happiness that is god which is the end so the fact that you've never that's the primary suffering is a spiritual suffering but along with it is physical suffering when you have your body and that's kind of like going along with what I, what I said about uh, uh, Aquin- Aquinas talking about purgatory being like the worst pain you've ever experienced, more, more than you can experience on earth. I think Aquinas might, might say that purgatory is, is greater pain than hell, but it's con- consoled by the, the fact that you know you're going to heaven. So, so, so you're suffering. I don't think that's absolutely. correct. I don't think it's correct either. I, I'm, I'm not a theologian. I'm just I'm getting into deep waters here. In some sense, you could say it's greater pain in purgatory because of the separation of body and soul. Um, but I think in the greater sense, it will be worse in hell. And maybe you could say that something about God's mercy of, even though there's this suffering in hell, that's eternal. At the same time, he won't separate your body and soul for eternity, because that's unnatural for a person to have the separation of body and soul. So that will be intact. So basically what we've been saying for 10 minutes is that Purgatory might be worse than hell, but hell might be worse than purgatory. They might be physical. They might not be physical. They might be just spiritual. They might not be just spiritual. Man, that's per- 2,000 years well, of discourse in the church. Like, that's all it's been. This got a little off topic from conspiracy theories. I have to say. Yep. So maybe we should switch to something else because we're not going to get anywhere if the church hasn't gotten anywhere. I love how we went from Pizzagate to straight theology. Let's talk about interdimensional beings.
Let's talk about interdimensional beings, the fourth dimension. That's what happens when you talk about clockwork elves, DMT, the full work. I, I kind of want to just close off the, the Christian part, the, 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 the Christian focused part of the conspiracy theory thing, because whenever it's like, whenever uh, the Christians especially bring up things like flat earth or the, the or the, the young earth, then they're, they're bringing it up. They, they say that the elites, whoever they are, tell us that these things, that the earth is round and it's a one, it's the third planet in the solar system in order to in order to take away the fact that we are special that we are unique and they want us to feel like we're nothing but cosmic space dust and worthless because of that and it's an interesting thought because on the one hand you can ridicule these conspiracy conspiracy theorists by saying that they think they're so special that they need to be the center of the universe but on the other hand then it is understandable to some point. We are, as far as we know, absolutely unique in the universe, having body and soul. But where I would uh, disagree with the conspiracy theorist is that we don't need to be the center of the universe to be special because God made us special and he loves us. And he loves you very much. Ah! <laughs> now... That, that said, you, you've talked about the clockwork elves more than once, Joe, and I don't know what those are, so please elaborate. Okay, let's talk about some clockwork elves. Let's talk about real deep yogurt conspiracy theories here. Dan, you know, you know about the clockwork elves, right? No. What? Am I the only one that knows that? Okay, so there are secret societies out there where what they do is you'll, you'll go to places like Egypt or, you know, Bohemian Grove, stuff like that, and you'll take a high amount of drugs like DMT, you'll take a high amount of like acid, you know, stuff like that. And what you end up seeing is a unified, you can't call it a, uh, a hallucination because everyone sees the same thing. But what they see is these little goblin uh, creatures that are, you know, 3D. They're, they're, they're in a, well, not 3D, I guess they're 4 or 5D, whatever you want. To, but when you take these drugs, it, it sort of like opens a gateway into this this other dimension that's already here on earth and it's interesting because if you go back and you look at ancient history these these elves you know these clockwork elves or whatever are other other societies and other you know empires have seen the same things when they're taking high doses of drugs and a lot of these companies like um you know a lot of these big tech companies what they do is they they have laboratories um, in California. They have them in uh, Oregon now because all drugs are legalized. And they put these people under high amounts and doses of drugs in order to make contact with these, you know, clockwork elves or whatever. And I've done a little bit of research on it, and it's it's pretty interesting. But what these elves do basically is they send over advanced technological ideas using that uh using telepathy so when you're on these high doses of drugs you make contact with these these you know these elves or whatever and you can call them whatever you want i like i think that they're like demons basically and um this this greater this higher up technology that we never heard of you know there are people the, the nazis were doing this too back in the day where they were taking lsd but they, the technology that they were coming up with when they were in these these 
drug-induced comas, if you will, was like way advanced. You know, they they already had there's there's you know patents for um, what is it uh, virtual reality experiences that they had back when the Nazis were around. And um, the the key the the main reason why the Clockwork Elves are per se the you know the the keystone that holds this conspiracy theory together is because if you look through history, they, they all look the same and multiple people have seen the same thing. Um, so I don't know. I thought that was just interesting. It's probably some demonic crap or whatever, but it's also, it's also, there's a lot of, you know, not, uh, you know, some, for example, like for some traditionally traditional Indian tribes and, you know, other traditional stories, attribute this this um these high levels of drugs they attribute it to um you know making getting in contact with with the devil and anything that comes out of that like the the higher up technologies that come from these lcd lsd trips or the dmt trips is directly demonic what was that neil i said lcd Computer screens? Yes, that's how we got LCD by the, the Clockwork Guild. <laughs> anyway. But but, but what, what I was saying was there there is evidence out there that this is true and that a lot of the technology that we get today is from these high these high dose drug infused trips that these people go on because if you look at the technological advance that we've made in the last, you know, fifty years or so, there's there's really it's gotten to a point where people like there's really no way that people could just pull this out of there and like say, oh, well, there's this thing, you know. So that's that's yeah. why Google, Facebook, Amazon all have these teams where they put people into comas using DMT and LSD. Nodar? What about the pyramids? Okay, so the pyramids were built by were built by the ancient Jews. No, no, they're built by aliens, man. The pyramids were built by the Anunnaki. What? By the who now? Is the this Anunnaki the whole thing? were the aliens that came and built the pyramids and gave the Egyptians this technology to continue building the structures that they built. They found the other end of the uh, the other receiving end of the pyramid transmission on Mars. There was an obelisk on Mars that the Anunnaki also put up there. Have you heard that? No, you think about two thousand one: A Space Odyssey. No, I don't know. that was that was the one with the obelisks. What about and all I mean, these space conspiracies? Stanley Kubrick directed the moon landing. Yeah, what this about all the, like, Buzz getting, Aldrin? Dude, Buzz Aldrin is, like, off the chain. This is getting way out there. From the very start. As soon as as soon as soon we start getting a little into conspiracies, Big Neil's like, oh my gosh, guys, we're going out too far. No, I'm thinking of the things that you guys have been talking about for the last Big Neil, did you turn into Joe Rogan? No, it's... T- <laughs> Sober Joe Rogan, not just Joe Rogan. Sober Joe, man. He needs, he needs to get, like, before he goes out with Alex, he needs to, like... He could smoke some weed and get on some shrooms. Just be like, oh man, what? Bro. <laughs> Guys, this shit is whack. It's no, weird. this, like what I was saying, a lot of these, these companies, they actually do have room where they put people and they make them take high doses of drugs. Dude, fake. just read about Project MK Ultra, man. Yeah, MK Ultra is a perfect example, bro. It's Fed Dudes LSD. Anyway, okay, I, but I, also. Pink Floyd was pretty high on drugs when they were writing their music, and I think Pink Floyd is divinely inspired. So, or it's demonically inspired, not her. And no, it's too like beautiful it. for that. Ooh, see, Boys. But the now that's a discussion to have. Boys, 
I think the hour grows late. We've had no, some very. No, I like. We, Joe, should, we, we have to keep talking about this all night, Joe. But honestly, all good things must come to an end. One more yes, Good night. I have to go to bed and get up early. All right. First, Dan, close us off. Lads, just remember one thing. Deadpool can't melt steel beams. <laughs> okay, Dan just disconnected. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode of the Ladcast. Um, and we, you, you can find us. Where can where can they find us, Joe? All right, folks. If you want to find us on social on Twitter, it's the Real Ladcast on Facebook, the Real Ladcast, and we are also we have a blog. It's the Real Ladcast blog.wordpress.com because we don't have a domain yet. You guys stink and you don't give us donations. Give us money. All right. With that being said. That is that was a whack episode. But with that being like said, work. everyone, it is time to go. Epstein Peace. didn't kill himself. Peace. Peace. Farewell. Well. That was whack, dude. Thank you.